there's color on her scalp. And she's like, oh, just go outside and get some ashes. And I remember looking at her. She was crazy. She grabbed my hand, pulled me to the back porch, <laughs> and stuck her finger, like two fingers, in the ashes, like real good, like rubbed them in there, walked up to my client, rubbed it on her scalp. My client was like, Like oh, it was yeah. Ash Wednesday. I know. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Sid Sharice. And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. Where we teach you to salon differently. I hate to burst your bubble, but stocking retail shelves does not make you money. But you know what does? Online sales. We have partnered with Salon Interactive to bring you a free marketplace to sell the products that you love to your clients and followers without having to spend a dime on retail. Instead, you get to make a large commission from your sales, whether your clients and followers buy them at 2 a.m. from their couch or directly from their phone while eating breakfast. Making money in your sleep is now possible with Salon Interactive. And the best part is, it's free. Visit saloninteractive.com DTH for more details. Let us introduce you to one of our favorite product companies, Reverie. Reverie is hair care for all humans, no matter your hair type. Their clean and innovative formulas nurture the integrity of your hair for unrivaled results. Reverie is made intentionally in California, paying attention to detail at every stage of the process. Their mindfully sourced vegan ingredients and environmentally friendly packaging showcases their commitment to creating alchemy in a bottle. Reverie was created in 2011 by Garrett Markinson and continues to be a family-owned and operated business to this day. Tap the link in the episode description to get connected with our friends over at Reverie. You know what really grinds my gears, <laughs> David? <laughs> it really gets my goat. <laughs> gets my goat. You know what makes my eyeballs bulge? Um... <laughs> people that just suck like <laughs> mean clients as coaches i feel like oh, are you still laughing about the eyeballs <laughs> <laughs> okay uh-huh. so as coaches we hear constant stories about clients and some of them are just like I'm just baffled. Like some of them, like, I think that our students are playing these massive pranks on us because I'm like, this can't be real. Like this can't, this 70 year old woman cannot be this wild. I mean, we have our own stories with clients, but I mean, we've heard things from getting sued because, you know, they didn't do the service or anti-Semitic comments from the elderly or racial comments from people like, and then don't even get me started on like male clients. That's like a (laughs) a totally, that's a whole (laughs) different world of just nonsense and abuse. And I don't know. It's just clients in all form. Let's just clients like they're their own species clients. We've trained them. To oh yeah, we are the treat us like shit. <laughs> yeah, we have outside of the their like core issues of like society of people coming in and bringing that in. Like how our clients treat us is our fault. Like in the sense that if they abuse our time, if they don't respect our boundaries, it's because we have taught them to do that, or we have not set a boundary in what is it like we didn't draw a line in the sand of what we're going to tolerate and what we're not. And that's where the issue comes in. I mean, people 
the things they want and when they want them and how they they're just this is why I like time-based pricing because mm-hmm. you can explain to someone easier. You can't do this in this amount of time mm-hmm. because a it's going to cost you this, or we don't have the time. You know what I mean? Like, I think when you switch to different pricing systems, it allows you to have deeper conversations around issues. Like, for example, if someone's like, "Well, can I just leave wet?" And can't it's like, "Yeah, you can leave wet. I'm still charging you for that hour because you're still in that hour." Mm-hmm. Um. But just like weird, I mean, when I was when I was starting out in the industry, I remember people, women used to, women specifically, would grab the blow dryer out of my hand, blow dry it themselves because they didn't like the way I did it, or they want to pay for it, and then they would literally slam it down, abuse my tools, and then they would go up to the front and be like, "I'm not paying for the blow dry," and and they wouldn't make them pay for it. You know what's really sad is still took up time. Your experience is not unique, like. It's not unique at You're all. Not People are crazy. No, like I, I mean, I would say majority of hairstylists have had that happen to them. Don't touch my shit. Yeah, don't. You could leave wet. Don't grab anything out of my hand. I swear. In my mind, I used to work with this hairdresser. Her name what was I think her name was Josie. I hope she listens to the podcast episode. <laughs> she was, she was the tallest. Filipino woman I've ever seen in my life. She was like six three. Oh my gosh! And she'd wear heels, and she was awesome. And she was six six. Yeah, and she was from LA, so she had this like cool attitude. And when people would treat her like that, she would literally like burn them with an iron and be like, like they'd grab something, and she'd be like, grab it right, and she would like burn them. And I remember like thinking like, oh my god, she's so crazy. But then I was like. Now this You're far like, into yeah. my career, I'm like, oh, now I know why. I wanted, to, I wanted the same thing. Don't touch my shit. I know we provide services, but like, also, who said service industries that were like lesser than like white men? <laughs> All right, well, end white of the episode. Men. We've come to white the, straight men. We've come to white, the conclusion. White straight men said it, and then we were all like, yes, sir, and then we thought we were less than and now we're coming out of it and we're like oh we're actually not less than and we're an integral 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 <laughs> integral part i can't say it i can't say it we're important we're a vital and essential part of the human experience and i mean hello hair- in pandemic did you not see all the people demanding <laughs> And by the way, those people that were had those signs about their hairdressers, are the ones that those take were the, the worst <laughs> clients. Oh those were the ones that were like, I want, let me back in my salon so I can be an asshole So I can to yell at you while you do your job. <laughs> yeah, I think, it, you know, it's funny because this podcast obviously is catered towards hairdressers. So it's more of an agreement thing versus like... <laughs> I wish clients would hear it and be like, oh, wow, maybe I shouldn't treat, you know, my stylist. Like, some no, stylist, they- like, casually, like, accidentally sends his episode to their client. Like, oops, uh, wrong person. But, like, it's good if you want to listen to it. <laughs> but here's the thing. Even if those clients listened to this episode, they would laugh and not think it was about them. Yeah. Oh, for that's sure. How, that's how sociopathic behavior works. <laughs> you don't... It's all about you, but you don't know... It's about you. It's all about you. And... I just remember like all of those experiences. And as a younger stylist, if you're a younger stylist listening to this, 
You don't have, I wish someone would have told me, you don't have to put up with that shit. Yeah. You do not have to accept the behavior. You do not have to roll over and play dead. You don't have to be obedient. Mm -mm. You can say, please do not touch my things. Please do not talk to me like that. I will not be continuing the service with this behavior. I mean, even when we worked at like the Aveda Institute as educators, people would rip off their cape and yell and scream. Remember that one woman who just like, I can't remember what it was. We, she had a little bit of color on her scalp. Oh my God. I mean, how many stories do we have of like, make sure you cover all the gray, but don't get any color on my scalp. And then you get like, it's like your grays go down to the middle of your forehead. What do you want from me? (laughs) And you're not gray. You're a hundred percent (laughs) white. And you get a little bit of color on their forehead and they lose it. And I love when they take the washcloth and they'll rip the washcloth out of your, the cloth out of your hand or the towel out of your hand and they'll rub on it until it's bright red. And they're like, and then they, I have a hive. They- <laughs> <laughs> I'm hiving. <laughs> I'm allergic. You, you did, you burnt me. And they go, can't you get this off? And it's like, a uh, couple things, no. And number two, it will come off. And number three, no one can see it. And number four, you wanted your gray covered. And I hate when people think, and then what did we do as hairdressers? Came up with every solution possible. We would put Vaseline around people's faces. Ashes? Cigarette ashes? Ashes. Does anybody, oh my, do the younger oh stylists even know about that? I remember my first boss was literally, she was an avid smoker and honestly I was too. Like, that's what you did. So was I. I know. And she was like, I was like, there's color on her scalp. And she's like, oh, just go outside and get some ashes. And I remember looking at her. She was crazy. She grabbed my hand, pulled me to the back porch because it's Florida. So like every salon has a back porch and <laughs> literally stuck her finger, like two fingers in the ashes, like real good, like rubbed them in there, had ash matted on her fingers, walked up to my client, rubbed it on her scalp. My client was like, like oh, it was yeah. Ash Wednesday. I know. <laughs> my client has knew about this trick and neglected to tell me, but also thank God. The client's the, like, get those ashes like, over yeah, here. Like, and it, it did something. I don't really remember if it like worked wholeheartedly. Well, I feel toxins like- do eat through color. <laughs> <laughs> also color takes away color. Oh my God. I remember. What about like when you would mix sweet and low yeah. in bleach or color to make sure that it didn't like burn or stick. I still to this day don't do know a- if that worked, but after this airs, can we do a poll on our Instagram and be like the craziest things? Like the ca- like the craziest I tips know. and tricks that we learn. Yeah. Rubbing ashes on color. Yeah. Putting sweet and low in color or we'll do in, a whole piggyback episode just on that. I want to just read them off. I'm trying to think what else we what else we Insanity. would do. I mean, my point is, I actually don't remember my point. <laughs> I don't remember my point. But what's your new point? My new point is, I got that one took me for a loop. Oh man! Where I know. Like what were we even talking down, about? I'm like walking down memory lane of like what the, the hell? The trauma is unlocking. I think the most abusive thing that can happen is the relationship between you and a client at the shampoo bowl. When people are like, oh, I come here just for the massage. I love when you touch my scalp. I'm like, first of all, this is getting gross, inappropriate, and I'm uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I get that it feels good. Like, we all know that it feels good. But, like, don't be weird about it. (laughs) And then, like, I remember 
I worked at a salon where you had we had shampoo people, mm-hmm. and like all of our clients would have they'd be like, I only want so and so to rub my scalp, and then it would turn like strangely sexual. Like, why was Susan always asking for Mario? Yeah, <laughs> the young hot Italian shampooer slash assistant if he if she could be touched by him for five minutes straight and Listen, i just like if a man did that which they did both ways but men did that all the time unfortunately but like women were doing it too and it was just like sweet yeah no <laughs> it's like oh cute she's old uh i will <laughs> say that i don't do well with passive aggressive and i do appreciate compliments I would rather a client say, can we add 30 more minutes on to the service for that specific thing? Hells yeah. I will rub the shit out of your scalp if that's what you need. Right. Like, if that's what you need, it doesn't affect my haircut. It doesn't affect the color that you're paying for. It doesn't affect any of that. But yeah, if that's something that you need and you want that experience, for sure, I will provide that. But the thing is, like, the passive aggressive, like, oh, don't stop. That feels so good. You know, like, that is had, see, sexual. Ooh, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> and then you feel obligated, but you're also like, Do I keep bitch, going? I'm on a time limit. I'm going to have a client <laughs> in like 20 minutes, and like, I still have to blow you out. Like, that's my point. Like, if someone, is, if that's something you have built into your service, that cost time, charge for it. I used to work with uh, one of my friends. Her, She was from Albania, and she would call a blowjob a blowjob all the time. How much is a blowjob? She's not wrong. Blowjob, how long is the blowjob? And I'm like... <sighs> <laughs> and everyone thought it was funny. I thought it was funny. To this day, I still think it's funny. <laughs> but, you know, and I don't think she ever stopped because it is so funny. And she I think care. she knows, but she doesn't give a shit. Mm-mm. But that's, like, that's the thing is like... We like to have fun in the salon. We like to make jokes. It's always borderline a lot of times, like inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Not maybe not anymore, but it was when we were when we were growing up. It's I, I mean, we, as coaches, it's, like we're in salons all the time. Like I, we still hear the story. Nothing has changed. Like it's. I would say it's getting a little more. People are setting better boundaries. Yeah, and 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 because they can. A lot for of the people first time. are really standing up to inappropriate behavior. We used to be like, oh, we need the money, so I'm just going to deal with it. And now there's a lot of self-respect happening um, in our world in general, not just in our industry, where we're like, absolutely not. Like, I'm not going to tolerate this. This makes me feel bad. The same people that would grab the things out of my hand were also the same people that would not come. They would refuse almost to come in on the days that I work <laughs> and make me come in on the days that I don't work. And it was like a power play. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I want think, you this day. And yeah, we would and say yes because like, we wanted the we money. Were, absolutely. And now I'm like. Versus being like, oh, that's, you know, going to cost you $100 more for me to come on my day off. But then it's like, why wasn't I charging them that much to begin with? <laughs> <laughs> why weren't they just paying me $100 more for the shenanigans? Do you have any crazy client stories? I mean, yeah. I, I mean. I've talked about a lot of them on the podcast. I mean. If you go real deep back, I talked about it. I talk about the the lady that um, I'm pretty sure she was like a mail order bride. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. she didn't speak any English and she wanted a perm. And we only figured that out through imagery because we literally – I always say like, you and your client don't speak the same language. Imagery is the way – no, but like we really didn't speak the same language. 
And <laughs> we came to the conclusion that a perm is what she wanted. And I don't even feel like that was my decision. I think it was like, it was a group of us trying to figure out what she wanted. And now looking back, I'm like, why was this not denied? Like, <laughs> what you know what I mean? Like, to go forward with something when there's obviously a barrier in communication where you can't guarantee anything, what, what and, is... And, like, and especially, like, on a perm level. Yeah, and this... This guy came like in. Like, a perm is not something you gotta guess on. You're like, no. I think she wants a perm. She had bright red hair, but, like, colored. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. natural. Mm-hmm. Um, Eastern European red. Yeah, it was just, like, really bright. And and kind of purpley? No, more copper. Okay. And I remember her husband, or this guy, came in, and it alluded to, like, she just flew in. She's living with me now. We just got together, you know, like it wasn't like- She just flew in for the first and last time. Yes. And so he paid up front, which also like, I hate when people pay up front because things happen sometimes, especially mm-hmm. in those situ- situations. And I mean, it literally, I conned, I begged, not conned, I begged one of my other stylists that was not doing anything to please help me with this and that I would split my commission with her. Like I would pay her, even though like- That's a whole different Mm -hmm. issue. Just because I was like, I need one help rolling. This is like, it was my first and last perm I'd ever done outside of hair school. (laughs) Which in hair school, I never did a real one with the chemicals. It was just, so I'm back there after it's all rolled. And I'm actually kind of proud of myself. And I'm like reading the box of instructions because like, doesn't everyone do that one? Yes. Even if you've done them a hundred times, you still. like, let me just read through. (laughs) Let me just make sure. Um, And... (laughs) Then basically, all in said and done, it's the rinsing process. And we go to rinse her. And my friend is telling me we're taking, we're doing all the things, you know, and we're taking the rods out. And then we start to see smoke, but like we couldn't figure out where the smoke was coming from. And so, like, we're like slowly <laughs> leaning down on our hair, trying to see if, like, is if her hair smoking? Fire. And she's kind of panicking because it's getting more smoky. And then I'm looking at the stylus and I'm like, we need to get this out fast. So we're we're like rapidly taking out these rods and like papers are flying everywhere. And like the bands of the rods are like snapping on our knuckles and like flying all over the place. I mean, it was chaos. What had happened was the water heater caught on fire and the water heater was in the shampoo room next to where we were doing but it was such a slow start of a fire that it was just like a slow smoke build that it, it you couldn't really tell where it was coming from. And then all of a sudden <laughs> we realized, but we still had to get this chemical out of her hair. So again, Florida, back porch, open the back porch door. And then, I mean, this was like literally like 15 years ago. Like, <laughs> Uh, and um, I'm panicking. This poor woman is in a foreign country. I can't communicate with any her. English. I'm screaming at my. If like, she thinks I'm, her hair is on fire, and I'm like, I'm doing the like. I wish people could see that. I'm like smiling. You're doing like, thumbs up. Yeah, I'm standing over her, but like I leave the bowl and like come into her face a little bit. I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. I'm like showing her the curl. I'm like, it's it's bouncing. <laughs> And I tried to tell my boss to call 911. Those firefighters were there so quick. So next thing you know, we're like finishing getting, we're trying to hurry so that we can get her out of that room and us out of the room. And I'm exaggerating. Like there was smoke, but it wasn't like we were in, in, 
in a massive <laughs> amounts of danger, but we also could have been. And it was all these big firefighter dudes. Like if you were to imagine your typical, like stereotypical firefighter just rolling in, massive amounts of muscles, height, you know, coming in. It was like so extra too. There was like 15 of them, it felt like. And she was just so concerned. And we go back and finish the hair and how'd it look? It looked great, and she smiled, and I never saw her again. <laughs> she smiled, and you both thumbs up? Yep, we thumbs and up, then- and she was already paid for, and she walked out to his car, and I don't know how he felt about it. I don't know how she felt about it. I don't know how oh anybody – I don't. I have no idea. I never saw her again, and I will never forget her, and she probably does not know that she impacted my life that way. Or she can, or she's also telling she's the, also story telling the story over and over to her <laughs> friends and every hairdresser that she's ever met. I'd love to hear her version. Oh my gosh. We get an I, email. That was me. <laughs> it's all in Russian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I need a good laugh. I but that was that. it. Basically, again, I don't even know what the point of anything is. I hope this was entertaining and that you enjoyed it. Crazy clients. We're yeah. talking about crazy clients. Set a I mean, damn boundary. I, you know what's really great? And if I could if I could just leave on a more coaching note. Um, we were talking to our students last night in a little thing. And you mean our coaching program? Yeah, that old thing. And uh, it was an incredible class. Like a lot of our our students were just like, oh, my God, I feel like I have like a mental hangover because we went so deep on some concepts. And one of them was one of the the saloners was feeling guilt around not setting a boundary. And I was like, you know, just because you like broke your own boundary doesn't mean you can't like go back and reinstall it. Like you can't you if, if you let's say you like freeze up and you can't set the boundary with a client. You can always re-message them and be like, listen, Linda, I did not I I didn't like this. And going forward, this is what we're gonna do. And I think there's a lot of fear that you can't do that because you didn't do it in the moment. But I reassure I wanna I just wanna reassure everyone. I have you can a absolutely fear do of that. Dealing with crazy people. Like I can set my own boundaries, but it's when they it's when you set the boundary and the crazy doesn't respect it. And then you're like, oh no, I wasn't prepared for this part. Oh, I wasn't I love prepared that part. for not that I, wasn't I love pre- it, but I can handle that part. I wasn't prepared for the part where you heard the boundary and then you still decided to act a fool. Then I'm kind of like, don't know what to do besides <laughs> physically fight you, <laughs> like Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like that. Like that's those are my. It's like okay, I can understand if I didn't set the boundary and you and you messed with me, mm-hmm. and then I set the boundary, and then you're like nope, I'm not going to abide by that, then it's like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, done. That guy that like shoots the thing out and then pulls him in. Get over then, here. Yeah, that's what it feels like to me. Dun, dun, um, dun, 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 dun. Is that the song? No, that's Mission Impossible. What was I doing? <laughs> I was trying to do the Mortal Kombat song. <laughs> that was not it. <laughs> I, we would love to hear your stories. So please, 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 when you Just hear this episode. DM us, email us, DM us. That's the best way to do it. DM us on Instagram, destroy the hairdresser, and tell them you listened to this episode and that you have a crazy story to share. And we will join in on the laughter and the fun because we have to laugh at it. Otherwise, we'll lose our damn minds. Exactly. Okay. Thanks, Sid, for telling us your story. (laughs) You're welcome, Dave. next time on destroy the hairdresser the podcast 
what does it hurt? Like if you have someone working for you three days a week, who cares if they work one more day somewhere else? Like what is the harm in that? You still have an employee, you still have someone. If you think that the only way to make money is to bring people into your salon and then find ways to keep them there as long as possible, that's not how you make money. 